listening to a podcast from Light FM. The Light Breakfast with Asha and Terry. Good morning. Good morning. On Vintage Love today, we're sharing Terry's adventure at the Nam Ho Brickfields, a lovingly curated vintage replica house that Caleb Go created when he transformed a 1940s shop house into his home. The first thing we would like to ask you is, how did this begin? Like, did you intentionally look for a home to be made into this vintage look? And how did you come across this property then? How did this happen? Well, I grew up in a shop house pretty much like this. Our family had a shop house in Moa. Mm-hmm. That was the original Lam Ho or Lam Ho in Hokkien. So downstairs, there was a workshop made everything from tin. You know, okay. coffee pots, green butters. The family live upstairs. Right. And eventually, we moved to the Tamans, but we kept the shop for a few more decades. Then, of course, like every young Malaysian my age, we spent uh, the rest of our childhood in a 1990s terrace house. Mm. Moved to college. When we came to the big city to work, we rented out a condo or flat or apartment. Right. High rise. Got pretty much got forsaken high rise. <laughs> Which looked nothing like this. Yeah, it was terrible. It was cramped. It was dirty. It was in Chokit. That was my first room in KL. Mm-hmm. So I told myself I have to get out of this place. But I do not want to move from just one box in the air to another box in the air. I wanted something with character. At the same time, I know I cannot afford one of those you know, big pre-war mansions or shop houses. Like what you see some of those uh, Singaporeans and the trend has been catching on in Malacca and Penang as well. I do follow a lot of these Singaporean magazines where they feature old Singaporean shop houses being turned into modern flats and dwelling. A lot of these uh, quite wealthy Singaporeans and expats. Uh. But KL, you have this problem. It's not like Singapore. There are very few pre-war structures left. In, in the first place, it was a much smaller town than Singapore back then. And what little is left of the pre-war housing stock, a lot has been destroyed. As, as you can see in places like Bertaling Street, no longer habitable. And of course, the rental is extremely high. After two years of searching, searching for two years, you know, I probably viewed almost every available shop lot or space in KL Town. There was something wrong with every place. Either it was too expensive, too run down, or the interior has been renovated to a point where it looks just like a modern shop. So it's lost its original charm. Correct. Then a friend of mine recommended me Brickfields. So at the time, MCO was just starting. And uh, this unit was actually being used as a kindergarten slash daycare center. Oh, and it was a kindergarten. The moment I saw that the interiors were all original, the red of the South Indian style red oxide flooring, I immediately took it. So it was love at first sight almost when you walked in and realized this is the place that you've been looking it's for. A Goldilocks spot, uh. Having looked around, it is as a lay person, I would say it looks really beautiful. It looks like you've really captured that nostalgia because I also come from Penang, but uh, I grew up in a pre-war home as well. And it does evoke the same feels of the furniture I had growing up, along with a lot of the wooden accents and even the flooring. I had the exact same flooring growing up. So was your inspiration completely coming from that one, that home that you're growing up in, in Moi? What inspired all of this? Well, as we see it today. I've always liked old things. I, I'm not a nostalgist because I grew up in the 90s. I don't have a nostalgia for the 1950s because I never saw the 1950s. Or experienced it. Correct. Right. But I do like the aesthetics of it. I think that back then people paid more attention mm. details and things were built to last. So when I wanted to furnish the house, I took the unit completely empty. For the first few weeks, I was sleeping on a mattress on the floor. Like a student. First, I started looking at antique shops, but that was way out of my budget. 
So I started looking at secondhand shops instead. These are shops that sold stuff that you know they don't like oh. businesses went know, under. From there, I discovered junk shops. So these are not antique shops. Right? These are literal recycling centers. Okay. Junk yards, basically. So basically, what the talkies of these junk yards do is they go to houses that have been cleared out. Hmm. Either the occupants have passed away and the family just want to get rid of the junk or it was a tenant who had rented the house for a long time. So when the tenant vacated, the house is full of junk. Hmm. And he had this good business acumen to realize that some of this junk it's actually desirable. Oh, okay. So I, I discovered this junkyards in KL. Mm-hmm. It's a very good source for vintage furniture. See, this is something a lot of people don't know. This is very useful information. I, I even I had no idea that you could go to a junkyard and find a literal side business that they're having as they've set aside things that you could actually purchase from the junkyard. Now let's come to the name of this home that you've made for yourself. You've actually given it a name. It's the Namho Brickfields. Now, I want to ask you about the origins of this, but I feel I may already know it. It relates to that home that you grew up in in Moa, right? Yes, our shop house in Moa. It was a shop house on a street called Jalan Sayang, mm-hmm. Love Street. And it, it's not actually a family home name. It's more like a business name, Lamho. What does it literally translate to? Southern Harmony. Southern Harmony. So the shop house was built right after the war. And my grandfather named it Southern Harmony. Probably in the hope that war and chaos may never break out in the Southern Seas in Nanyang ever again. Right. Hence the name Nanta. What was the biggest challenge when it came to making this and designing this space? When you got to this point right now, what was the biggest challenge to get to this point? The, so what was the, the greatest house, challenge? House is tiny, as you can see, it's tiny. So I have to make sure that, you know, it doesn't get cluttered. I hate it when you go to one of those cafes or antique collectors home mm. and the house is just full of stuff that you can't walk around without knocking over a vase or Yeah. And There's a fine line between collecting things and turning to a hoarder. Space is luxury in this day and age. Right. I have to make sure that the house looks spacious enough so that, you know, like, for example, if children come over, they can actually run around. So you wanted to avoid that claustrophobic feeling of feeling like there's more things than space. While finding items that fit that same era was one of the challenges you had, the biggest challenge was still the space of the space. (laughs) It's making it not look cluttered. I noticed one thing that I didn't realize until this point that sets your home apart from the majority of other homes in Malaysia, I would say. When you go to a living room in any other home, all of the chairs would face something that is not in this home. The chairs would normally face a TV. But in your home, <laughs> the living room chairs face a piano. <laughs> so was this something that was intentional? Is there a reason why you don't have a TV in your living room? There are multiple reasons why I don't have a TV. I do watch shows on the internet yeah. using my laptop, but I feel like a TV would, first of all, it's expensive. I don't want to spend that much money in one go. Secondly, it would kind of ruin the aesthetics of the place. My cousin has offered to give me his TV, but I was like, I'm going to put it, I'm going to hide it. It's going to look like an eyesore of the house. Now, you've mentioned that a lot of the vintage pieces that you've gotten came from places like the junkyard. It came from friends who donated things as well. Yeah, well once people know what I was doing, mm. they were more than happy to give me stuff that they no longer want or no longer need. Like this uh, sofa set that we're sitting on. Yeah. It's a gift from a friend. It came from his antique shop. He was like, oh, Caleb, you're doing this thing, right? Would you like a sofa set? Some of the coffee table chairs over there that also came up from a friend whose grandparents passed away. They were clearing out their grandparents' house. They were like, right. Caleb, would you like some chairs? Okay. The most common item people want to donate 
uh, sewing machines for some reason. A lot the, of people want to get rid of old sewing machines. The sewing machines where um, it was like it looked like a table and then you could swing the sewing machine around and it would hide yeah. inside the table, right? I, I would tell them, why don't you try to learn to use it? A oh. sewing machine is a very useful tool to have in the house. But everybody just like, oh, my grandmother passed away and she left me this heavy thing that yes, is yeah. just a saw thing. <laughs> Having looked around your space, do you have a favourite space in this home of yours? Like, where's your favourite space to be? You're sitting in it. Oh, so we're already in the most comfortable spot that you enjoy the most. That chair in particular. I'm, I'm sitting in your chair? This is my reading chair. That's why the books are all around you. Right. So the reason why you enjoy this spot, is it because of the point of view you get from this yeah, chair? Or... From here, here. And what about your favorite piece in here? Are there any that mean more to you than the others? Besides my sofa set, which was given to me by a very your dear friend, friend mm. would be the coffee table over there. The marble top coffee table? I found it without the top. Oh. It was discarded because the top had shattered. But the legs are beautiful. And I got it for a song. A hundred ringgit. <laughs> is it? Is that it? No lah. Slightly more than that. While we were finding out more about you, we also came across a quote that you actually mentioned, that you said, which is, why just study history? Why not live it? Expand on that. I do have a lot of friends who are active in the history and heritage scene. Mm. You know, either they are activists or volunteers or they are historians who actually study it for a living. But they live a pretty modern lifestyle. You know, they, they live in a modern flat. They, their houses are perfectly normal. They dress normal. I'm the direct opposite of that. So I do not have a scholarly approach towards history. I'm not a historian. I'm not a scholar. I can be frank. I can quite frankly tell you that I am purely attracted by the aesthetics of it. So instead of studying history, I choose to live in it. The way I dress, music I listen to, the house I live in. You, you, some people would say that this is cosplay. Do people say that? Some people do. The final thing I have to ask you is actually, I've come to learn that you don't own this space, right? You're renting this space. So moving forward, you could either move to another space or you end up buying a space. Will you maintain this aesthetic and will you be looking for the same type of space? Certainly. I consider this house to be a prototype. Oh. Back when I first started out in Brickfields, I wasn't sure whether this was going to work, whether it's just going to look like one of those fake retro cafe, you know, that's not going to look authentic or whether the cost is going to be too high. But now that I know it's doable, I am willing to try this a second time. First, maybe in a space that is not my own. I'm not an interior designer, but if you own a cafe or a gallery or a flat and you're willing to experiment with me, let's give it a try. Okay. But eventually, of course, I, I do hope I become rich enough to be able to purchase a pre-war shop house or a bungalow somewhere. All right. Definitely not in the Clang Valley. And then make it the dream home that you yeah, want it to be. Now, instead of a flat, I have a whole house right. to play with. Right. So there's a lot of nooks and crannies. You can play with the light. You can right. play with balance and all that. Currently, this house is quite limiting because of its size. Right. But for the moment, I'm happy. Lah. Well, I hope that dream of yours comes through and you get even happier than you are right now because you seem to take a lot of pride and I understand why in this space that you've created for yourself. We appreciate you allowing us into your home and sharing with us your backstory and the reasoning behind why you have this space and as Caleb has already mentioned anyone is willing to collaborate for his next space in the future it's out there right now the feelers are out you can reach out to him on Instagram uh, how do they get you on Instagram I can just start my name Caleb Wu mm -hmm. my handle is the collector of worlds the collector of worlds that's the name of the 
right? Orientalist and Arabic translator, Got Francis it. Burton. The collector of worlds, you're like the, the gentler, Africa. kinder brother of Thanos. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kayla. We really appreciate it. On today's Vintage Love, we were sharing Terry's adventure to Namho yeah. Brickfields, the house, the home, should I say, of Caleb Go that he did when he transformed a 1940s shop house basically into what it is today. If you'd like to listen to this again, share it with somebody. You can find it on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.